What's Next Alberta is brought to you by Connect First Credit Union. I'm Beth Kerr, your host for this week's episode of What's Next Alberta. Today, we have a fantastic guest to talk about a big topic that's been hanging over our heads in Alberta for a long time, commercial and residential real estate. In Calgary, the commercial real estate market has certainly seen its fair share of challenges, particularly since the downturn of 2014-2015, as we've been experiencing the usual economic cycles that Alberta is known for. You don't have to look very hard to find all kinds of headlines in the media about office building vacancy rates and strategies to mitigate the issues faced by this industry. But there's also the question of rising interest rates and inflation. How are these economic factors affecting residential real estate, and what will our future look like? There's a lot of questions that people have about the future, and I think for many of us, when we're looking at Calgary, we think to ourselves, are we ever going to solve the downtown challenges around vacancy? And it's pretty easy to become a pessimist pretty quickly if you only read the headlines. But today, we have a guest, Max Olszewski, who looks at the world just a little bit differently. In fact, he sees opportunities where others see challenges. And Maxim, we're so grateful to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me over here. I'm quite excited and uh, great to be here and hopefully participate in this conversation about how I see things differently. So Max, why don't you introduce yourself? You've started some pretty impressive businesses. You've done some impressive things. So tell our audience a little bit about that. My name is Max Lashevsky, and I'm a Calgarian local entrepreneur and investor. I own a few companies. They're all focused around real estate, particularly taking properties that are underperforming, perhaps neglected, that could use a little bit of love, and turning them around and bringing purpose back in their surrounding and the surrounding area in the community. So that's a long story short, but that's <laughs> the basis of it. <laughs> and you've done some pretty incredible things. Let's start with you. As a human being, you have a different way of looking at the world. And one of the things I've heard is that you can walk into a building and you can see potential almost immediately. So tell us a little bit about that. Like, what is this sixth sense you have or what's going on in your head when you walk into a building? It's very difficult to describe. You know when you see a piece of art and you don't really understand what you're looking at, but you can get shivers. Yeah. Like on your arm. Yeah. I have the same thing when I walk into a building that needs a lot of work, that has been neglected. It has so many missing pieces. And then the imagination starts running and you start understanding the community and you see what's missing. And all of a sudden, this picture starts to form. And as you progress throughout the building, you really see the utility of the space and potential uses. And that whole combination of events happens in minutes. Like, I don't know where I've got it from. Right. Super awesome. And it's super helpful because the plan for the building is usually formed on my first walkthrough. And after that, it's just execution. So if you could pick any building in Calgary as a project, like, what would you pick? Oh, I'm, I'm almost hesitant to say that <laughs> yeah. because I've been staring at this building oh, for the last 10 years. And it's Calgary Herald building. Oh, yeah. That's an amazing building. What a beautiful, massive structure. Like the ultimate canvas for an artist. Mm -hmm. You know, possibilities are endless. Multiple organizations have attempted to figure something out. 
but it requires a very different approach. It has too much local Calgarian history. So when an investor from Vancouver is looking at this building, I mean, great, it's low cost per square foot, but there is no association right. with what it should serve for the city. And that's how I look at real estate. It's good to have the connection to the community and the city and the people, because if you do that right, you've got your clientele base. And if you have your clientele base, then you can give them everything that they need in order for this building to be brought back to life. For sure. But that building, it's an ultimate, ultimate undertaking. Well, let's talk about the Astra Group. So you've started some really interesting businesses. So why don't you tell us a little bit about them? So Astra Group is composed out of Astra Real Estate. Primary focus is on being a landlord. So all of our assets, once we turn them around, they end up in that company for management. Right. Astra Construction Management. We use our internal forces to do all of the construction work because it's a lot easier. We do our in-house design. We do architectural drawings. We have our labor supervisors. We do the whole thing in-house. One of our newest companies is a co-working space, not too far away from here, actually, that we've started during COVID. And that's uh, the Astra Business Center. So these three companies are formed the Astra Group. And of course, there's holding companies for real estate and all sorts of other things. But those are the three core companies right. that we operate. So you've taken a very different approach to developing these properties that you identify. Mm-hmm. Was was COVID at a particularly challenging period for you when when you look at your business and how you were operating? COVID was really challenging from the perspective that it was one of the only times where everybody was saying, are you crazy for doing this? <laughs> and I had to believe in the simple fact that I thought this was the right time to act. Right. That part was very difficult. So just to give you an example, 2020 April, we had $8 million worth of work lined up for our external clients. Few days, all of it got put on pause. Wow. So then you have a decision. You're like, okay, do we just stop and wait for things to get better? Or do we make them better? Do we do something about it? So then the logical choice was to buy three buildings and keep everybody busy (laughs) and everybody thinking that I'm absolutely nuts. Fun fact, the building is literally on this block on 11th and 6th. So that building was vacant and the retail was empty. We completely turned it around, put retail tenants in, created the co-working space. That building houses over 75 businesses. Wow. And it's serving a whole purpose within the Beltline community. We brought so much people back to this building. And the neighbors have been even saying we're quite grateful because now at least this mile a corner is well taken care of. So that was uh, how we approached COVID in in a very simplistic way. It was very bullish. I knew it was going to be over, so we just had to go forward. So that takes a lot of courage. I mean... Was there ever a moment, like as an entrepreneur, you're going home at the end of the day going, what have I gotten myself into? Or have you known all along this was exactly the right thing? You know, you you really have to stay positive, you know, and you have to reinforce your positivity by facts, right? You can plan for the worst things, right? But at the same time, you know, you can control the outcome. You just need to 
make sure that there is enough reserve to survive the worst case scenario before you get to enjoy the fruits of your labor. And that's the ultimate play when it comes to real estate. And I've learned that at an early childhood, playing Monopoly. Just got to make sure your resources are in line with your goals. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about your business model. You're not a typical developer. By most respects, you've actually, as you've mentioned, you've you brought everything in-house. What do you think is your competitive advantage then over other real estate development companies? I move super fast. There is no restrictions on our decisions. We sit down as a team. We evaluate a crazy plan that I've cooked up. <laughs> <laughs> I take constructive criticism from everyone because I want everybody to have an opinion. And everybody does have an opinion on our team. They try to poke holes in my plan. And if everybody is satisfied, then we move forward. But at least we don't wait two weeks to decide whether or not we should have a meeting about this. It's moving fast and it's having everybody of the same mindset. And I think that's even more important because when everybody has the same goal, the same set of values that we pursue, the moment that project is lined up with our values and our team's mission and vision, then it's a slam dunk. So that decisiveness is something I know a lot of people struggle with, right? Like in a time of uncertainty, how can you be decisive? But what you're basically saying is that's actually what put you ahead because you were able to make decisions when others hesitated. Precisely. You have to stay bullish and you have to understand that everything has a cycle. So just because we were experiencing a really tough time across the board doesn't necessarily mean that life stops. Right. We still need to think about the future. We still need to invest into the future. And more importantly, when things get tough, you need to work a little harder and you need to support other people. And that's why we didn't lay anybody off. We actually hired, you know, and we were active throughout the whole time. Right. Right. So Max is a big investor in the city. What are your thoughts about the economy? How's it doing here? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Like, what do you have to say about it? Well, so let's examine a few facts. In the first quarter of this year, Alberta saw a net immigration from other provinces of 15,000 people. That's massive. It's huge. Now let's also look at the investment in the tech sector. Over $220 million was invested into the tech companies. And that's a 26%, if I'm remembering this correctly, higher than last year. So those two statistics alone and population projection for the future and the cost of living and the high GDP in our province, it's the sum of all of these things creates such a fruitful place to open a business, to start a life. And affordability index as well, when you compare us across all provinces, yeah. it's quite incredible combination between what an individual can earn how much he needs to spend to live a comfortable life and the opportunities that are out there. So a combination of all of these things really create a perfect platform for growth. So we haven't seen nothing yet when it comes to this province because we're still getting over the fact that, uh, you know, oh, it's a recession or the oil and gas was down, but there is so much more to this province than oil and gas. And I think very soon people will see it. And hopefully not too late, right? You know, when we started the show, 
One of the things we wanted to do was shine a bright light on the positive future we have because it's so easy to just read the news, Mm -hmm. which always has everything that's wrong, but very few stories around what's going great. And it's an inspiring story you have. So next, let's talk about um, another company you've started. I believe it's called People First. What's that all about? So People First Developments, it's a representation of our values that are related to our real estate projects. Because the previous companies, there were more to do, you know, here's a landlord, here's a construction company, but we needed something to be able to say publicly what we're all about. So people first, as the name suggests, (laughs) we are all about the people and the developments that benefit people. So our flagship project, which is the office conversion, was like a really good example of how our philosophy is being integrated into the real estate, where we are tackling housing affordability within the market. We're tackling high vacancy rates in downtown core. We're introducing another co-working space to help more small businesses flourish. We are heavily involved with non-for-profits to whom some of these units will go to at reduced rates. Over and above all of that, local companies only, local materials when possible, training programs. We've implemented a whole wide range of, call it principles, ideals, values in this project in order to benefit the local community. And in summary, that's what People First is all about. It's looking at real estate a little bit differently, not just does this performer work, No, what works for the neighborhood where you're placing this project in? What does that neighborhood actually need? And that's how I want to carry on the future projects. Because sometimes it's, uh, it's very difficult to talk to an appraisal or a traditional banking institution because they're so focused on you know, show me the performance. I'm like, okay, well, great. What, what is that going to tell you outside of this project is going to be profitable? But let's think about big picture. Right. So what do you say to the business folks out there who are like, well, that sounds expensive. It sounds hard, you know. How can you make that work? What's, what's your response to them? The best way I can phrase it, it's not always about the net proceeds of a project. The performer will always do well if your project represents everything that the community needs because it's basically being in sync with the demand, right? And the moment you're in sync with that, your performer will do well as well. And on top of that, it's really good to give back because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much money you make, the most rewarding thing you can do is give back to a community that you're a part of. And the more people will experience that, the more they will understand that, hey, it's not about that extra $1,000. Yeah. And what you're describing, particularly around people first, but in general, I think we can see so much alignment here between what you're doing and what we're doing at Connect First. Mm -hmm. Last year, we launched a new brand because we really wanted to reinvent a credit union and reimagine what it could look like if we were designing it to be for the 2020s. And we really want to play a bigger role in supporting the growth of this economy in our communities in the next decade. So what advice do you have for us? I think that your message is borderline perfect, and it just needs to be heard more often. 
you know, everything is aligned around thinking differently, banking differently, looking at things from a very different perspective than traditional banking institution that really resonates with entrepreneurs, investors, or people that wish to create. And I think that's what was missing for a long time. And I think that particular message is attracting a lot of highly productive people to your banking institution. And um, I guess the only thing I would like to see, if possible, is I guess the decisiveness and the speed of execution, you know, yeah. because at the end of the day, the market moves so fast. You have to act and you have to act decisively. There's a very short window of opportunity and everybody's competing against that. Yeah. So you really want to have somebody who is able to support you in a time when that decision and that action is necessary. Increasing the efficiency and the speed would be amazing. But aside that, everything's perfect. I love it. Okay, so I have two more questions for you. First, when you look at the next decade, what are your predictions for the future of Alberta? Based on population projections, you know, we're supposed to hit six and a half million people in less than 20 years wow. in Alberta. That's a two million net gain. That's a lot of people that will need services. There is a lot of people that will come from other provinces who will be entrepreneurs, investors. That's a lot of creative human capital that will be in this province creating and being productive. So it has never been a better place to invest in Alberta than it is today. There's still a little bit of fear on the street. Yeah. And that's a good time to get good deals. Yeah, everyone loves a good deal. And one of the audiences we know we have here are people who are thinking about taking a leap and becoming an entrepreneur and starting a business. And you've done it. You've gone all in. You've you've built something quite beautiful. Now, what advice do you have for them as they're thinking about it? Do I do this or do I not? And and do they take that leap? It's very easy to get into the mindset of overthinking. You know, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? Planning out every single step. The easiest thing to do is decide what you're truly passionate about whatever that may be, and associate a service or a product around that passion. And the moment you understand what that is, and it can be as simplistic as selling dog collars, doesn't matter. If you're super passionate about it, you'll be the most successful individual selling dog collars across the globe. <laughs> and just do it. Pick it, align your passion, and just go for it. Because at the end of the day, Nothing kills productivity more than overthinking it. Max, thank you for being on our show. You were an excellent guest and an inspiration to our team and I'm sure to all of our listeners. So I know I just want to harness your positivity and bring it home with me. And I'm sure our listeners will as well. Amazing, amazing. I really appreciate you having me over here. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and, and I'm looking forward to doing a lot more deals with Connect First. Thanks for coming, Max. Next Steps. Maxim is nothing short of an inspiring guest. He had a lot of things to say, and some of the big themes that really struck me are his ability to stay positive while also being grounded in what the facts are. If there's one thing about Maxim, he's not afraid of a challenge and working hard. 
He talked a lot about shared values and how important that is to building businesses that people are going to connect with and how important it is to build communities that we all want to live in. He also gave us some good advice about speed and decisiveness. And I can tell you that's certainly something that we're talking about at our credit union. We know we need to move faster, and Maxim is inspiring us to do just that. And most importantly, he talked about our collective future here in Alberta and the fact that right now is the perfect platform for growth. Now is the time to take advantage of it, and we couldn't agree more at Connect First. So with that, if you liked what you heard today, share it with your network and be sure to subscribe. Thank you for listening, and see you next time on What's Next Alberta. What's Next Alberta.